So today begins Holy Week. And all through the week, it's our opportunity, our last opportunity, to think about what Jesus did for us on the cross. We've had the whole season of Lent, and now we're on those last days as we walk with him closer and closer and closer to the cross. Every year, it's incredibly special to me to experience the season of Lent. But as you and I know, we will never, ever forget the 2020 season of Lent. It's just really different this year. In places that we would never have thought to sacrifice, we've had to sacrifice. And we've been given huge opportunities to have time alone with God since we really weren't allowed to be with other people. But I wanted to even tell you a little bit why this Lent, this 2020 Lent, has even been more special to me and more memorable to me. It started on the Saturday, right before the the first Sunday in Lent, and I was up here on the shelf, I call it, in the sanctuary. We'd had some other kinds of decorations up there, and I had a couple of volunteers that I was handing things down below. And when we got all of the shelf cleared off, they were handing up to me these crosses that we have on display during the season of Lent. And so I was lifting them up and kind of wallering them around to get them into place. And unbeknownst to me, I didn't realize that it happened, but a piece of the cross, and I'm not even sure where, poked me in the hand. And it, it just didn't, it didn't dawn on me that it was a problem until I got back to my office and I went to lay my hand down on my desk and, and here it was full of blood. My hand was all bloody. And I, I couldn't even figure out what had happened. And then I dawned on me that I'd been pierced by that cross. So I went and got cleaned up, and I came back. I brought this black cloth. I was going to put this around the bottom of the cross. And as I was on the ladder and working with that cloth, I looked up at the cross, and there was a bloody handprint right here. And, and it, just, it just kind of shocked me. I thought to myself for a minute, wh- where did that blood come from? And then I realized that it had been from my hand. I was already bleeding at that point and hadn't realized it. And then I realized that this cross that's just a, a symbol in our sanctuary is way more than that when we think about what Jesus was willing to do for us on the cross. His blood was shed. The whole cross would have been covered with his blood. The excruciating pain that he bore willingly, obediently, to do his Father's will. When he was in that garden of Gethsemane, and he prayed, Lord, if you could let this cup go beyond me, but I will drink it. Not my will, but your will be done. And he did. He drank that cup of suffering to the bottom dregs of the cup. This cross, to me, this year, is a huge reminder that God loved us so much that he died on this cross for us. And so as we begin this journey, uh, beginning with Palm Sunday and all the 
the hallelujahs and the praise ye the lords that people were saying to Jesus that day, those same people by Friday would be screaming, crucify him. As we make that journey, help us, Lord, to really hear clearly the message of love that you have for each one of us. So here's my story, part two. By the time I got down off the ladder and had that experience, I was amazed that God would just speak to me in that moment. So I came over here to work on the, um, the purple color and the uh, burlap and the black. It just wasn't hanging the way I thought it ought to hang. And I wanted it to be perfect before people came in for worship on Sunday morning. And so I decided that I was going to move this around a little bit and not realizing it, the whole cross came down. And it came down on my head. The cross and the crown of thorns was on my head. And it just, it shocked me. I had no idea that was going to happen. And I carefully took the cross and put it back up. And then I had this crown of thorns, and so I was lifting it up gently off my head because I didn't want to get any more pokes with it. And when I got done taking the, that cross of uh, crown of thorns off, I started kind of feeling around on my head, and I realized that there was still a thorn in my head. And so I very carefully started pulling on it, and I just kept pulling and pulling and pulling, and I couldn't believe how much of that thorn had actually been embedded in my scalp. And as I pulled on it, I just broke into tears. In this holy place, just me and Jesus that morning, it was almost the end, it literally hit me over the head to remind me that yes, the details and the colors and the altar and am I wanting to be perfect, that's all good. You know, it's, a, it's good to make sure that things are well prepared so people come in to worship. But don't lose the real meaning of what you're about. As you celebrate Holy Week and Good Friday and Easter, don't lose that place where you, you understand that God is speaking to you in remembering those events. I'll never forget it. I'll never forget Lent 2020. And one of the things that I have done to help me remember is to save the thorn that was in my my head as just a reminder that the pictures that I see of Jesus those are just pictures but he really really did have a crown of thorns in his head he suffered that for me may all of the music that we have this week may all of the opportunities uh, for worship in your own home um, through the Good Friday service that we'll be broadcasting through Easter morning. Um, I'm planning on having a station of crosses out in our parking lot so you can come and pray during the week. 
and you can be still in your car, but just drive through the, the different cross stations and have prayers. Um, in all those places, we hope that you will celebrate well God's love for you. If you are new to watching us on video, we sent an email out this week to all of our parishioners to let them know that we will be celebrating Holy Communion during this service. And so if you would like, it might, and would you like to participate with us, go to your kitchen, find some bread, any bread will work, and find some juice. It doesn't necessarily have to be grape juice. We will be using grape juice in sanctuary, but you can use any kind of juice that you might have in your uh, refrigerator, or you can just use water. But gather those um, elements now, and then when we are having Holy Communion later on, we will um, have a prayer of consecration over them so that you can participate fully in Holy Communion. We invite you to Christ's table today. in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and is sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. 
I've really enjoyed the time that we've been learning about the story of Jesus with the messages on the life and times. And this song that I'd like to share is some of those confrontations that Jesus had with those he met. Obviously the disciples, but then the, the rich man in the tree, he was called down, and Zacchaeus, and, and the rich ruler who was told to give all he could to the poor, and he had to walk away realizing that he couldn't follow him. Um, this song is entitled Follow Him. We know. 
Christ Church, I'd like us to look at Matt, at Mark 11, 1 through 19, but we're going to be taking just a few sections of that, that scripture. So if you would get out your Bibles so that you might be able to, to read along, it's, it's Mark 11 and uh, verses 1 through 19, but we're just going to uh, look at a few of those verses. First part starts in verse 7. When they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their cloaks over it, he sat on it. Many people spread their cloaks on the road, while others spread branches they had cut in the fields. Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. Then a little later, we have him back in Jerusalem, and it has these words starting with verse 15. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, it is, is it not written, my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it into a den of robbers. The chief priests and the teachers of the law heard this and began looking for a way to kill him. For they feared him because the whole crowd was amazed at his teaching. When evening came, Jesus and his disciples went out of the city. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Oh, Lord God, I ask that you will be with us, be with the hearing of your holy word, that it might speak right to our hearts. And Lord, I ask that you be with this witness to the word, that it might be a faithful one. Allow me to get out of the way so that your Holy Spirit can come shining through. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Well, it's good to be with you in your living rooms, and I would encourage you to fully participate in this worship through Holy Communion and, and other aspects of it in the prayer time. Uh, just a couple things that I want to uh, mention to you that's going to happen today is that uh, Joy and I miss seeing you, and we miss being with you and praying with you directly. So uh, we're, we're going to do something that, that's a little out of the ordinary. We're going to have since it's uh, Palm Sunday and, uh, and all, we, we decided we would have a drive-through prayer time. And you can come and drive through the, the, the uh, driveway of our, of our church. And we will be seated right 
by the uh, front doors there. And uh, you, can, you can talk with us and we can pray together. If you have a specific prayer request, we will certainly pray for that. Uh, we will be recognizing social distancing, so we'll ask you to stay in your cars. And also, if you don't want to roll down the window, that's all right, because we'll have our phone number out there. And you can, you can give us a call and we can look at each other as we're talking on the phone. So we've got that. And then... And then we would like to try something on Easter Sunday that is going to be a little different. It's, it's going to be actually a drive-in service. And we have a, 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 a way to have a FM transponder used in that. But uh, we, need a, we need a dry run. We need to see if it'll work well. So Joy wants to have a hallelujah honking party. Is that what you're calling it? A hallelujah honking party. And that time will be 5 o'clock, and we will be over in the larger parking lot, and you can come, socially distance your cars, you'll stay in your car. It'll be about a half hour of, of just some praise music and some fun, and once again, that will be uh, today, or if you're watching uh, on Saturday night, it will be tomorrow, but uh, it will be Palm Sunday at 5 o'clock, and it's just... just uh, it's just a time to uh, get together, even though we can't be together. So uh, I would encourage you to, to come to that if, if you could. It happened in October of 1991 off the coast of Massachusetts. It's been called a unique meteorological event. Three storms combined into one including the remnants of Hurricane Grace. And it became a storm stronger than any recorded in history. Winds went up to 70 miles an hour. Waves recorded 75 feet and even up to 100 feet out in the open seas. That's equivalent to a, like a 10-story building, waves that high. As bad as it was, and it was bad, it could have been a lot worse, but most of it happened out on the Atlantic Ocean. It has been called a unique meteorological event, but the National Weather Service called it the perfect storm. Storms come and go. But every once in a while... <clears throat> there is what we would have to call a perfect storm. All of you are very aware that right now we are in one of them. A worldwide pandemic, the, the coronavirus storm, has changed all of our lives. <clears throat> no one saw this coming a year ago. But now we are doing our best to ride out the storm. How do we do that? We'll say, how we do that will we'll say a great deal about who we are. What we do, how we do it, will teach us a lot about ourselves. When the storms rage, we feel helpless. When the storms rage, there's always loss. 
When the storms rage, there's always pain. There are all kinds of storms, not just meteorological events. There are storms that can, can rage within us as well as without and have nothing to do with the weather whatsoever. And when the storms of life come, what will it tell us about our own spiritual fortitude? I've been through a lot of storms. And in those storms, I've experienced some pretty hard losses of loved ones and other things. My storms have been painful, and I know yours has too. But when things are painful, it's a great opportunity to remind us that we need to be faithful. Will our faith in God be weak, or will it be a force to see us through the storms of life? The storms that are happening in the world and the storms in our personal lives can wreak havoc on our, on our soul if, if we're not grounded solidly in our faith in Jesus Christ. Jesus told a story. You can find it in Matthew 7, 24 through 27. He said this. He said, Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain came down, and the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. When the perfect storms of life come, how have you built your faith? On the solid rock or on the shifting sand? What kind of solid foothold do you have when the perfect storm comes? What happens when, when we lose someone close to us in the storm? What happens when there are significant losses in life during the storm? They, they, they seem bigger many times than the storm itself. Perhaps it's because of our faith in, in God is real, but still new, that we're struggling. This can be particularly testing when it comes to financial faith in God, which truly can be very difficult in a time of uncertainty. Without a doubt, our faith steps are being tested to right now. And when the storm comes, it may take a while for us to get our footing. But when you do, it'll be an opportunity to realize how faithful God is to those who are faithful to Him. It, it can build our faith to trust in God time after time, storm after storm. That is why this moment in time 
is so important in all of our lives. Without a solid foundation in God to stand on, this time could be for you the worst time of your life. Through my many years of ministry, I've kept something in my office that, that, I, that I look at periodically. It's a, it's a piece of sheet music. It, it's, it's many, many years old. And it reminds me of faith in the midst of the storms of life. Some of you know the song, Take My Hand, Precious Lord. The words go like this. Precious Lord, take my hand, lead me on, let me stand. I am tired, I am weak, I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, lead me on to the light. Take my hand, precious Lord, lead me home. Now those words, that song was written by Thomas Dorsey. He's known as the father of black gospel music. And he was a jazz and blues singer and songwriter who gave his life to Jesus Christ around 1928. And even though he wrote over a thousand songs, the one that speaks to most people was written during his deepest storm in life. He wrote it following the tragic death of his wife, Nettie, and their infant son. And being interviewed about that later, he, he said these words. My wife, Nettie, was about to bear our first son. I was called to St. Louis to sing in a revival. I wondered if I should go because of my wife's condition. She persuaded me that I should go ahead. So I, alone in my Model A, drove to St. Louis. During the first night of meetings, a lad brought a telegram to me while I was standing on the platform. It was horrible news. It was the message that my wife had died giving birth to our son. I rushed to the phone while the people were still singing and found that the message was true. And Mr. Gus Evans drove me back to Chicago that, that night. When I arrived, I found that the wonderful baby boy was seemingly fine, and yet that night he also died. I buried my wife and my little son in the same casket. I became very despondent and filled with grief. A few days later, I visited with my friend, Professor Fry. He walked me around the, the, the campus of Annie, Annie Malone's Pearl College for a while and then went into one of the, one of the uh, music rooms. I sat down at the piano and began to improvise on the keyboard. Suddenly, I found myself playing a particular melody that I hadn't played before, uh, hadn't played before that time. It was an adaptation of George Allen's melody used in, the, uh, in an old hymn. 
as I played, I began to, to say, Blessed Lord, blessed Lord, blessed Lord. My, my friend walked over to me and said, Why don't you make that precious, Lord? I then began to sing, Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Help me stand. When I finished the song, I began to use it. And it has been going ever since. I have gotten letters from people all around the world. It was a great tragedy. But we got the message to the world. You know, that's a... That's a very, very meaningful story about this, um, this incredible song. But the influence of that song speaks to this week in this perfect storm in Jesus' life and the perfect storm in our life as well. Because the song that influenced him, the song that he remembered back from his Sunday school days was the song... Must Jesus bear the cross alone? Must Jesus bear the cross alone? And all the world go free? No, there's a cross for everyone. And there's a cross for me. That's an incredible faith. That's how he was able to get through the worst storm in his life, the perfect storm of his life with the loss of his, of his wife and, and his infant son. And what's going to get us through our perfect storms in life? What's going to go through, what's going to get us through this time? a deep faith in God. One of the things that I reminded or, or I asked you to do last week, I'm going to ask you to, if you didn't, is to get out your phones and take a snapshot of this slide of, in essence, three statements that come from three different passages of Scripture. And it's, it's what I would encourage all of us to do during this perfect storm that we are experiencing right now. Number one, stay safe. Stay safe. And the only way to really stay safe is in Christ alone. We see in 2 Timothy 4.18, it says, The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and, I, and will bring me safely to His heavenly kingdom. To Him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So stay safe. And also, loved ones, pray always. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18 says, Rejoice always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Okay, we're in the middle of this perfect storm, and Scripture is telling us to pray always, rejoice always, pray continually, 
Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So not only stay safe, but to pray always. And third, press on. Church, press on. Philippians 4.13 says, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on. On toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. What must we do to have a strong faith? Well, we definitely want to have a faith that means that we don't give in to fear, church. Fear is the enemy of faith. And instead of fear, go deeper into your faith. Remind yourself that you have faith in Jesus Christ. And and it is why you have strength in your life. Why have faith in Jesus Christ? Because Jesus never backed down from any storm. He, He didn't back down from storms. We have that story about the disciples in the boat. And Jesus is in the boat. Storm kicks up. They're fishermen. They know it's a serious situation. The waves are too high. They could could all drown. And Jesus is asleep in the front of the boat. Lord, don't you care that we're about to drown? He wakes up. And what does he do? He He stills the storm. The same person who back in Psalm 107, 29 says... He made the storm be still, and the waves of the sea were hushed. But now, here it is, Palm Sunday. And there was the processional of, of, of blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Lord, save us. But Jesus knew of the coming storm, of the perfect storm that would be played out during this week called Holy Week. These events are what leads us up to the cross, which truly is the perfect storm. Now during the storms of life, we need a firm foundation and we need a strong faith. Not built on shifting sand, but on the solid rock of Jesus, the one who wouldn't back down from any any storm. This Holy Week, I encourage you to go deeper into your faith and to build your foundation on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. You can go to our website or you can request them uh, by just emailing the church of of the Bible studies that, that we've been doing through the Gospel of Mark. We're now at the point that we're going to be looking at the last week, the final days of, uh, of Jesus. So it'd be good to read that uh, along every day as we, go through, uh, as we go through the Holy Week. And you don't, you don't have, have to, uh, you, you don't have to, to, to understand fully. But during the storm, I want you to know Jesus is with you. And when Jesus is with you in the storm, even though we don't fully understand it, we don't don't know how it happens, 
amazing things can happen. Just ask Peter as he gets out of the boat and walks on the water going toward Jesus. How does that happen during a storm? Only by Jesus can something like that happen. So I want to talk especially to you who uh, maybe know that your faith is weak. It's too weak to face a perfect storm. And it may be that you are, are wanting to deepen your faith in Jesus Christ or you may want to, 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 to truly give your life over to Jesus Christ for the very first time. And what that means is that you, you just you talk to him. You let him know that, that he is the one that came into this world to experience the perfect storm of dying on the cross. And he died for your sins and my sins, the things that we have done wrong the things that have displeased God, you know what they are. And not only that, he rose again from the dead to prepare a place for us in heaven so that he will lead us home. Like the, like the song says, even through the storm, he'll lead us home. And so if you are one who, who has not accepted Christ into your life and you are ready to do that, I would invite you to pray this prayer with me. And and others of you who are in your living rooms, I would invite you to, to reaffirm your faith during this perfect storm, that you will, will pray this prayer as, as a way of reaffirming your faith. So now let's just go to God and, and tell him what our true desire is. Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, and I am sorry for my sins. And I know that you came into this world to experience the perfect storm of the cross. And you were willing to die for the sins of the world, but even more personally, my sins. And because you died for me, I want to live for you. So I accept you as my Savior. And I want to live for you by, by accepting you as my Lord and leader that the path I take will be the path that you put me on. And so now, Lord, all that I am, all that I ever will be, I now give to you. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Precious Lord, take my hand. Lead me on. Let me stand. I am tired. I am weak. I am worn. Through the storm, through the night, Lead me on to the light. Precious Lord, take my hand and lead me home. Amen. If this is the first time that you've accepted Christ, I would encourage you to, 
to get a hold of me. Either call me or, or text me, text the church or email the church and uh, uh, let me know that you've accepted Christ into your life and, and I would like to uh, help you start on that journey uh, of uh, being a part of a, a life in Christ. But now as we continue our service, I would invite all of, all of us to uh, prepare for Holy Communion and hopefully in your, in your homes you have got, got uh, the table set up and ready to go. It's good to be with you today. Even though you're not here in the, in the sanctuary, I know that you are making sanctuaries out of your living rooms as you watch this. And as we go into the sacrament of Holy Communion, I want you to know that you can participate where you are and that the, the items that you will be using, the juice and the bread, are certainly items that will be blessed as we go through this, this service. And I would request that you wait until after the breaking of the bread and, and uh, the, the raising of the cup. And as you see, Joy and I um, receiving communion, that, that would be a time that you and your, your family could as well. I want you to know that if you are not a member of Christ Church, you are still welcome to participate in Holy Communion. It's Jesus Christ that invites you to his table because of his love and his sacrifice for you. So let us now move into this very, very holy time of Holy Communion right in your homes. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him and who earnestly repent of their sin and seek to live in peace with one another. And so therefore let us confess our sin to God and to one another. And if you will, let us pray. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. And we have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard the cry of the needy. Forgive us, we pray. Free us for joyful obedience. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were still sinners. That proves God's love for us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. And so as a forgiven and reconciled people, we move into this time of receiving Holy Communion. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, on the night in which you gave yourself up for us, you gathered with your disciples and you took bread. And at the meal, you broke the bread, you blessed it, and you broke it, and you gave it to your followers, saying, Take eat, this is my body, which is given for you. And when the supper was over, you took the cup. And after giving thanks, you gave it to them, saying, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And so now as we eat this bread and we drink of this cup, we remember once again your great love for us and your willingness to go to the cross out of your love for us. 
be with us now in the breaking of the bread and the drinking of, of the cup that we will experience your presence wherever we, we find ourselves today and that we will be in communion with you as well as the, the other saints of the church who are in different locations. Let us be united together in this act of holy communion. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. And so at this time, I would invite you to receive the sacrament of Holy Communion, the, the bread and the, and the juice. Body and blood of Christ given for you. Amen. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ given for you. Amen. Amen. Lord God, as there are people all over the Quad Cities and all over the world who are receiving Holy Communion today, we thank you at the beginning of this Holy Week for the sacrifice that you made. Help us to go forward to live our lives for others in your name. And it's in your precious name that we pray. Amen. Let us break bread together. Gabriel Madison is going to lead us all in the Lord's Prayer. 
Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. church even through the perfect storm make sure your your solid foundation is jesus christ now go and share your faith with someone who needs love forgiveness or hope point them toward god let him save them as he is saving you in the name of the father and the son and the holy spirit and throughout the quad cities and every every one who is listening in The people of God said, Amen.